You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet uh, After Dark podcast. That's what it is. Habits. You know how that goes. Um... I'm, gl- I'm grateful that you showed up today. I really appreciate that. I'm pushing all kinds of the wrong buttons. So, um, anyways, <laughs> great start. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm touching anything right now. Just over here clicking and sliding and pressing and messing everything up. Thank you so much, dear listener, for choosing us to be your ear audio content provider for the evening, morning, day, What it is we do here is there's some weird people out there that dial this phone number. The phone number is 608-501-07818. Let me try that again. 608-501-0718. They call in, they leave a voicemail, and then we talk about it. Anybody can leave any voicemail that they want. It's a magical thing. And we have one rule here, and that rule is, well, we probably have more than one rule, but I'm going to pretend we have one rule, and that rule is we don't eat the bananas. Nope, that's Crude's. Um, my kids, my my youngest is obsessed with that movie, so I've seen that movie 50 billion times. Of all the movies, though, that kids get obsessed with, I kind of like Crude's. Like, back in the day, it was, um, what's that one? Let it go, let it go. Hated it. To this day, I don't think I've seen it all the way through, but still, hated it. Crude's ain't bad, though. We have one rule here. New callers, go first. Hey, Ryan. Hey. This is Scoop. Jackson Johnson, just want to let you know I'm a big... Hold up. Again, Google translates this for me, so sometimes I read it, and then what I'm reading is what I'm hearing. So it sounded like, because it's what I read, you said your name is Spook Jackson Johnson? That's what Google is saying. Um, I don't think I'm going to put that. I don't think I'm going to put that. We'll figure out a name for you. Fan? to you before you told that that Adrian Amos should become a Packer. Um, I work two jobs. I start at 6 a.m., go to 5, and then I dash from 5 to 8.30. So I'm listening to your shows multiple times throughout the day. Nice, thank you. I just uh, want to call to sincerely say thank you. Uh, your shows are much better than the other Packer podcast guy or NFL Network for that matter. Uh, just to not to throw you under the bus, but uh, last- that's why you were buttering me up so much. Here comes the bus. Here's podcast when you size up the Saints. That didn't necessarily go as planned. Um, yeah. Everything from them finding Christian Ringo, Christian Ringo on their line, having Jameis Winston, the point spread. We're supposed to blow them out. Uh, how 
tease that, uh, tune it down a little bit so we don't get our big heads and going into the Viking game, going for a big win. But thank you. Enjoy your show and have a wonderful evening. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't exactly remember, but what I do remember, you mentioned Christian Ringo, I do remember looking at it and saying they have the worst defensive line in football. It was, I mean, listen, and everything I said, I promise you, was true. I, I, I very rarely speculate much. It's more or less, you know, they have a 3 out of 10 defensive line. We have a 7 out of 10 offensive line, so we should win. It's the rock, paper, scissors thing. We have rock, they have scissors, we win. Unfortunately, like I said, I think yesterday or whatever day it was on, um, or maybe today on the podcast, that's just not how football works. And I'm kind of getting into that mode. It's weird as a podcast host because I I have two things that I really want to do. And this is the big reason why I had, the heck was that called? Positivity Sunday? Printing. Got the printer in the office with Wi-Fi. So all of a sudden the printer just kicks on out of nowhere. Actually, there's, there's kind of three things. There's just straight up analysis, which is, like I said, we have an eight, they have a six, we win, right? It's just, here's where they're better, here's where we're better, just in broad terms. The problem with broad terms is that it takes an average and compares it against another average. It doesn't look at floors and ceilings. Let me give you a quick example of what I'm talking about. Not that you need it, but this is, I I have to flesh out my thoughts entirely, so I will overexplain everything. I apologize for that. Let's, Let's try to come up with something obvious here. Let's say, um, man, what's, what's a good example? Well, something pretty basic. Who's better, Rashawn Gary or Brian O'Neill? Well, we can go over to PFF, and we can see Gary has a 90 overall grade, and O'Neill has a 73 overall grade. Therefore, Rashawn Gary is better. Okay, but that's looking at the average over the course of a season for Rashawn Gary and the average over a course of a season for O'Neill, and assuming that's just what you get. You know, so you can say, well, I swear. I can sit here and say, well, Rashawn Gary is better than O'Neal, and Kenny Clark is better than Bradbury, and Preston Smith is better than Derisaw, so we're going to crush him, right? Piece of cake. How many times did Rashawn Gary actually have an 89.8 overall grade? You know how many times? Once. 90.4 is the only time he was at 89.8 or higher. That's just his overall grade for the season. You know what some of his other grades were? To start off the season, 71, 62, 65, 78, 68, 87, 82, 45. You see what I'm saying? There's, there's floors and there's ceilings. Brian O'Neill had a 73 overall grade, and again, he hit that mark maybe like four times on the season. So we're really looking at what are the odds that Rashawn Gary ends up having a better day than Brian O'Neill. The odds are higher. And so what we could do for fun, although this probably doesn't sound fun for most people, but it would be kind of interesting for me, although tedious, how many weeks was Rashawn Gary better than Brian O'Neill? Week one, yes. Week two, no. Brian O'Neill, 66. Rashawn Gary, 62. Week three, no. Brian O'Neill was better, 73 compared to 65. Week four, Gary. Week five, Gary. Week uh, six is Gary. Seven is Gary. Uh, eight or week nine or whatever, Brian O'Neill. So that's the point. And then you take that across every single player at every single position on both teams, I don't know anything. So the analysis is supposed to be the most just down the center kind of a thing, but it also, you know, we don't know. And and that's what cracks me up about 
people who look back over the last 10 over the last 10 years the Packers have beaten the Vikings on opening day four out of the last five times or whatever dude you're you're talking about football teams that don't exist anymore there's that doesn't make any sense I can't even take information from last week and really accurately apply it to this week and you want to go back over the last 10 years you're out of your freaking mind so that's just one thing it's just down the line analysis then there's optimism which is what i want to do because it's a packers podcast and i want to get people excited and people like to get excited the problem with that is if we lose everybody gets mad at me how dare you how dare you lied you're an idiot you're stupid right some people that struggle with their emotions And so to protect against that, I feel the need to overcompensate and say things like, we don't know, yes, they're better, but we can still lose. There's like a 49.8% chance we lose this game, so let's not misunderstand here. So last year was a good example of that. I told you the reality. Jameis Winston is not a very good quarterback. We made him look like a good quarterback because our team just didn't show up to play. But the problem is, if, if we go into every single matchup with that mentality i don't have a podcast anymore that's the problem that people don't seem to realize if you stop being optimistic or stop being realistic or whatever the sides and you just sit here and say i guess i don't really know because anything can happen any given sunday i cease to be relevant so if you want information if you want to know the general consensus and the general understanding of things you need to take with that a full understanding that everything i'm telling you is not a certainty nothing I'm telling you is a certainty. Every single bad quarterback has had good days. Every single good quarterback has had bad days. Any single possible thing can happen. We all should know that by now. So if I tell you the Packers are a better team than the Saints, I'm going based on the best available information based on what's on paper for their team and my and, and our team. Absolutely not telling you that um, it's impossible that the Packers just completely crap the bed unlikely for sure because we've almost never seen the Packers play that badly but it happens as we saw and it could have just as easily gone the other direction it's not the reality that I was incorrect about my assessment and the Saints are just that much better than the Packers that's false that didn't happen look at the final record for both teams Saints went nine and eight and missed the playoffs they hung 38 points on us they had the 19th ranked team in terms of points in the NFL, 28th in terms of yards. They didn't score 38 points the rest of the season, and they only held a team to three or less one other time. That was a complete team failure by the Green Bay Packers, and there's nothing I can do to predict that. That might happen again this week, this this Sunday. I don't know, but there's nothing here for me to look at to tell you that. All I can do is look at the team on paper and say, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I think is going to happen. But that's just based on everybody being exactly average across the entire roster, offensive. And, and, and then there's even variables beyond that. I don't have any idea what Dobbs looks like. I don't know. I, 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 there's, there's so little real information. But, but the point is, the variability between whether they overperform and underperform is equal for both teams, or relatively equal for both teams. So yeah, Rashawn could have a bad day, but so could Brian O'Neill. So I'm still going to bet on Rashawn, and the point is, if you bet on the better team, you're going to win more often than not. But you cannot listen to this show and take it as gospel, and every single time we lose, send me hate mail saying, you idiot, you said, you told me, you promised me, how dare you, and throw it. I'm not saying you're doing this. I'm just saying I get this all the time. The biggest problem I have with losses, it's not even just the loss. I mean, 
that that that's what make losses so miserable is is sort of threefold. Number one, I'm enduring it, which is horrible, and I don't handle it very well. And if we're doing live streams and you watch it, you're going to watch a man that well, you're probably going to turn the stream off because I am a miserable human being. Then I got to deal with miserable fans live during the game, getting text messages. This team sucks. Matt Lafleur's a joke. Ha ha. I thought you said uh, Rashawn was good. It doesn't have a single play. All that's throughout the entire game. So I'm I'm suffering twice now. Then after that, I got to deal with you're an idiot. You said we were going to win the game, and we after the after the fact. And then it's an entire week of listening to the media say all this stuff. And it's like you know what? You guys need to handle your own misery. Let me. I got to deal with my own. I shouldn't have to carry your baggage too. <laughs> that's a little unfair. You deal with your own misery. So you know. I'm going to look at the, the, the Packers and the Vikings, and I'm going to tell you that I don't know for sure what's going to happen, but from what I can see on paper, the Packers are the better team. And if we lose, that's not surprising, because pretty much every single game... I mean, have you ever tried those things where you pick your, your teams, who's going to win and who's not? It's amazing how close every single game is basically a coin flip. Even the ones that seem like they're just locked up. You go slapping down a bunch of money, in fact, do that. Bet on every single team that's expected to win. You're going to lose a bunch of money. That's just what's going to happen. And so, again, that's, that's just how this goes. And so you're right. There does need to be a, a general toning down among the fan base, because I do think we're all, I mean, everybody, Packer fans, Vikings fans, Lions fans, Bears fans, 49ers fans, we are all living so deep in theoretical right now. This guy's going to be so much better than that guy. Our team's so much better than your team. Nobody knows. And, and granted, Packer fans have the best odds of coming out of this unscathed, winning the division, going to the playoffs, whatever. But we certainly don't know. We're bragging, bragging about Rashawn. We don't know what he's going to be like. We're bragging about Jair. No idea what he's going to be like. He hasn't been a top flight corner in two years now, which I know it was all because of injury, but he only was for one year. We don't know that he's going to come back and be that. How many times have I told you about those guys that have that one big year and then kind of get back to their normal being just good? We don't know bragging about Kenny, bragging about Preston, bragging about all these guys. We don't know what anybody's going to be. And if, I mean, if, and if you don't mind paying that toll later on, that's fine. But just understand, there's a lot of people talking a lot of big, a lot of big games out there. And <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's pretty much 50-50 in my mind who wins this game, even with the full understanding that the Packers are better. Week two against the Bears will not be 50-50. But we're talking about what I believe to be a premier team against what I believe to be one of the worst teams in football. And even then, I fully acknowledge it's possible we lose. So I'm going to put that back on you guys a little bit. I'm going to look at this and be honest about what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling about a football game. And I'm going to ask you guys to be mature enough and intelligent enough to understand that I'm not promising you anything. I'm not guaranteeing you anything. I'm reading information and I'm telling you what makes the most sense to me with a complete and full understanding that I don't know what's going to happen. And I need you to understand that I don't know what's going to happen. If we can do that, then we can all just be friends. And by the way, I, I, I think you said scoop. I'm going to put scoop in here. I went back and listened to it and didn't read it and just kind of closed my eyes and listened. Sound like you said scoop Jackson, which is, I'm going to listen to that one more time because I hope that's what you said. Because that, that is an awesome, awesome name. Scoop Jackson Johnson. I, I'm just going to go with scoop Jackson. I hope, I hope that's all right. And every time somebody calls in and I give them an awesome name, the only thing I can think is please call back again. So Scoop, come on, man. Keep calling. 
That's too good of a name to let it just go to waste. I want to see. I want to come back here and check my voicemails and see Scoop Jackson. Yes, it's Scoop. Right, right, fly guy. What up? You think Kylan Hill will be the kick returner when <sighs> he gets back off pup? And then follow up question: Can you walk me through the physical cooking of these pork chops because mine are so bland and it's frustrating. I got one last pork chop left in my fridge. Help brother out. All right. Um, so the Kylan Hill thing is interesting because it feels like they're leaving that spot open for him. That's what it kind of feels like to me. But I also think Amari has that kick return job pretty well locked up. I mean, he, he has time to ruin that, but I think he's got it. And so I, I kind of have to just go back to, no, the only reason they kept it at two is because none of them were good at special teams. Kylan maybe is like the next best that they think is at special teams, but... We can't guarantee him a spot just like we couldn't. I tried to force three on before because I thought that we just had to, and that's why I did it. And I didn't give myself the the room to say, well, maybe they just don't think any of them are good enough to play special teams, so none of them win the job. And um, I think that might be the case with Kylan. Now, there's still other special teams things you can do, and maybe they just like him more overall. So I don't want to say he's not going to you know, get put on the 53 when he comes back right away. But in terms of do I think they just hand him the kick return job, I kind of don't think so. We got to see how, how uh, Amari does. He, I think he had a good preseason. But, um, you know, if, if we play the Vikings and he lets one hit the dirt and turns the ball over, then I'm looking at it saying, yep, Kylan's got a job waiting for him. But as of right now, if he's just adequate, I think he keeps it. As for the pork chops, it's tough because I, I'd almost want to, like, be there, you know, because if you make it and I'm eating it, I'm like, dude, that's, that's a perfect pork chop. And you're like, yeah, I think it tastes like garbage then I can't, I can't fix that. Um, pork is not the strongest flavored meat in the world. It is relatively... So again, this may just be a taste thing where you just don't like it. I know you called in once before kind of on a similar um, thing, and I gave kind of similar talking points about it, but that is entirely a possibility. Um, and again, I, I know last time I mentioned marinades and things of that nature to try out, but if well, one other thing before we get to the, the cook... The, the meat and what you get and where you get it from does make a difference. And I'm not trying to say be snobby and go get the most expensive thing or go to a butcher only, because honestly, the only bad pork chops I ever had came from my butcher, and I never went back there again. Best pork chops I ever had were at the grocery store in Madison called High V. They had these thick-cut pork chops. Greatest things I've ever had. And it's slightly different everywhere you go, but they're always pretty good. Um, again, brining is kind of a big deal, but I, don't, I, I haven't done that. So I don't want to speak authoritatively on that. If you want to, you should look it up. I've got a pork loin in the fridge right now. I'm planning on trying a brine because... So what happened is I went to Blaine's house for his kid's birthday party. Just to give you an idea of how brining works. And I learned how brining worked when I went to his house. Usually when I make pork chops, I smoke them, which is really low heat. And you just let them sit and it slowly comes up to temperature. He had his grill cranked all the way up. All the way up. And we were basically just, well, we were grilling them, just just putting it on direct heat and cooking them. Suffice it to say, a lot of them ended up getting overcooked because he was busy doing other stuff. I took over and it's the temperature comes up real fast and, and the, the carryover, the temperature rises really quickly internally, even after you take it off. So knowing when to take it off even early. So you're trying to hit 145, but if you take it off at 145, it ends up carrying to 155, whatever. Point is, a lot of these were overcooked. And I was sitting here thinking, I feel bad for Blaine because he's going to try to demonstrate to everybody how good pork chops are and 
he and I kind of botched this situation. And they were some of the juiciest pork chops I ever had. These were overcooked pork chops, and they were twice as juicy as any pork chop I've ever had. That's what brining does. So from a juiciness factor, just YouTube it. Somebody will tell you how to do it. I got to YouTube it to figure out how to do it. I'm not entirely sure. And he, he didn't even do it. He's like, I didn't have enough time or something. He did it half as long as you're supposed to or whatever. I don't know, but it, it doesn't matter. It's an, incre- it's an incredible thing. As for the cook, though, and I, I think I've laid it out before, but it's, it's quite simple. Um, what I do is, uh, first of all, I smoke them, which is to say I put them on very low heat, you know, 220 degrees or so, indirect, so there's, there's not direct heat underneath it. So if you've got a Weber grill, the, the coals are on one side, the um, pork chops are on the grill grate on the other side, and then you put the vent above the pork chops, and what that's going to do is the smoke and the heat and everything is going to rise up. It's going to come across the grates, across the meat, and then go out that smokestack, I guess, or whatever, the, the vents. And you want the 220 degrees or so to be where the pork chops are. So if you have an uh, internal or an ambient temperature probe, you put it at the level where the pork chops are. But then on top of that, you do what's called a reverse sear, which is you want to sear the pork chops because that gives you that Maillard reaction. It's when you, when you sear the meat, it gives it a lot of flavor. So there's, I forget how many chemical compounds are happening that creates all kinds of salts and sugars and everything else. It just gives it a ton of flavor. So you, you bring it up. I don't know the exact temperature, but you know, I theoretically you take it off before 145, 135, 140, whatever. Then you bring it to the direct heat, right over the heat, and you sear it. You get that that browning or whatever. You flip it, you sear that side, and then you pull it. It's not a big deal if you move them at if you're scared about it being undercooked and you don't want it to come in under. If you just wait until it gets 145 and then give it a quick sear, it's really not gonna make that big of a difference. But that's, that's basically it. And again, I don't know what kind of grill you're using, but I'm pretty sure you can do indirect heat on just about everything. I don't use gas grills, but I'm pretty sure you can set up the burners on one side, put the pork chops on the other side, and have a similar kind of a thing go on. I'm not really sure. But yeah, you just smoke it, get it to 145 degrees, or 100, call it 140, then sear it, and then pull them. And that's it. As far as seasoning, you season it before you put it on the grill. Generally, you will pull it out of the fridge, season the meat, and then you let it kind of what it's called sweating, which is, you know, the moisture kind of draws out and it mixes with the, the powdery stuff that you got up there, which is all full of salt and everything. And it kind of just forms this layer on top. Theoretically, it kind of pulls it back in, but that's brining, that's dry brining, that's a separate thing. But that's it. it, it and, and the point is, if you just, if you don't like it, then you just don't like it. I would encourage you, though, to try the, uh, the different marinades that I suggested. If you don't remember, you can reach out and I'll try to remind you of what those were. I know Stubbs has got a good one. But yeah, that's, that's about it. Low temperature, cook it to 145 and you're good. And try to get a sear on it. And honestly, if you, if you can't even get the temperature that low, it's still not going to be that bad. When I first started cooking them, I had it on this tiny Weber. I could not, for the life of me, get that thing below 500 degrees. Partly because I didn't, I just put too many coals in it. But me trying to choke that thing down, it was still 500 degrees. Still the best pork chops I ever had. They're amazing. So maybe you just don't like them. I don't know. It's entirely possible. But that's, that's it. That's the whole process. Morning, Ryan. Hey. Uh, Packer super fan. What's up? Hey, Ryan. Just wanted to touch base with you on uh, the wide receiver situation right now. As of, I guess, this is morning, Tuesday morning. Looks like 13, uh, Alan Lazard is still hurt. Yeah. And uh, we'll be interested to see tomorrow when the injury report comes out to find out exactly what that injury is. But. Got to slow this down because this is really hard to hear. Mike, whatever you got going on. 
don't do that again. <laughs> so Lazard seems like he's hurt, waiting on the injury report to come out. I think that's where we're at. But that has to be a big concern. Yep. You there? Big concern. Mike? I'm skipping ahead a little bit to see if he comes back. Mikey? All right, that's it. Um, it's a minute and 37 seconds, but all of the rest got cut off. So I think that's enough to run with. Um, it is a big concern for every reason that I said about why I think Jawan Winfrey should be the guy that they keep over um, Samori Ture. And by the way, Jawan Winfrey did post something on Twitter, something to the effect of week one with like a little devil face or whatever. Um, I don't know from a talent standpoint that we lost a ton with Alan Lazard. And I know I keep dogging the guy. I don't really mean to, but I just don't see a massive gap between him and Watkins and Watkins and Dobbs and just the whole crew. There isn't like that elite Devante that we lost. What we did lose is experience. Um, even Randall Cobb is just going into year two. And he's like the most experienced guy that we have on the team right now. Tammy Watkins, experienced receiver, not an experienced Packers receiver. First year. Dobbs, first year rookie. Watson, first year rookie. Amari, second year guy who didn't play hardly at all last year. We have no experience. And so I, I don't know. Um if Winfrey will be called up or not. If, if he is, that's the reason. Again, the, the Winfrey thing was never about because he's better than anybody. It's just about week one, who knows what the heck they're doing out there. Aaron Rodgers is going to lose his freaking mind if we're, you know, trying to go blow for blow with the Minnesota Vikings and we got guys running the wrong routes. Romeo's dropping passes. Christian doesn't know what he's doing. Amari just, you know, if he's even out there, is, again, not the greatest slot guy in the world. Randall doesn't really have 2014 speed anymore. Sammy might be the best option in terms of knowing what he's doing and having some ability, but if the Vikings' only job is to take Sammy Watkins away, then that's going to shut down the Packers' team. That's going to be a problem. So that that's my biggest concern. It's not so much a talent thing. It's, it's, it's a week one, nobody knows what they're doing thing. By the end of the year, it hopefully won't make as big of a difference. These guys are a little bit more acclimated and up to speed and everything, and uh, you can lose a guy here and there, and it won't crush the team. But that's my biggest concern with week one. Um, but similar to Devontae, maybe that ends up being somewhat of a benefit because you have to assume going into week one, the Vikings are looking at this saying Lazard's going to be the guy, and they're going to put their best on Lazard. And, and Rodgers may have that feeling of, I need to lean on him, and hopefully that doesn't happen. At some point, we got to open it up and say, and, and to to... To be a team that's really willing to say, we can go anywhere, we're comfortable building a game plan around anybody else, or evenly distributing the ball around the football field. I mean, we can say it, but if Rodgers doesn't feel it, if he doesn't actually trust these guys outside of Lazard, we're in trouble. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We just need to be able to do enough to, to sustain drives. we got the running game, we've got the running backs that can be receivers, you've got the tight ends, and we've got wide, I mean, the, the, the wide receivers are a piece of the puzzle. They're not the whole puzzle. Not anymore. Not, not, now that Devontae's gone, it's not Devontae and then a little sprinkle of everybody else anymore. So we will see how it goes. Hopefully he plays and we don't have to worry about it. Um, why don't we take a break here? If you want to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to call into the show, 608-501-0718. And also, please do not forget pristineauction.com. They are back on the Packernet podcast. 
the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site with an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. But most importantly, if you go to pristineauction.com, you click on the register button, you go down to the little box that says registration code, you put FAVRE, F-A-V-R-E, you are entered to win a signed Jordy Nelson Vince Lombardi trophy. Yes, it's a replica, it's not the real thing, but it's super awesome anyways. It was signed by Jordy, it will come with a certificate of authenticity, and it's got a super awesome Jordy Nelson graphic on it. In addition, you're going to get $10 off the first auction you win when you, uh, you know, Try to win something on pristineauction.com. So go over there, check it out, pristineauction.com, register, and then use the registration code FARV. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Ryan Skirt. Hey. Uh, over this past weekend, I watched uh, maybe three games on YouTube of uh, past seasons where it was matchups for uh, Chicago versus uh, Green Bay. And it was surprising to me because um, I just don't really remember the drops that happened in these games. You just remember the positives. But uh, Jennings dropped a lot of passes. Uh, Driver dropped several passes. Uh, in those games that were pretty important games. They were, you know, uh, conference championship. It was NFC championship. Uh, it, even in games where they were really blowing them out in the game where he was, he threw like six touchdown passes. Uh, 
there were guys dropping passes, and uh, I think we just need to remind ourselves that, uh, you know, try to be a little more optimistic going into this game uh, for these guys that if they even do drop some, uh, just keep in mind that even these guys that were pro bowlers were still dropping passes that were really not uh, inaccurate in any way. It was just they were dropping them. So um, I encourage guys just to go back and watch them and just remind ourselves that these guys are human and uh, not to be too critical of them uh, if and when that does happen because, you know, I, I really do have high hopes for these guys and, and especially Dobbs. He's, he's definitely a guy that's uh, uh, I'm excited to see what happens. So I'm just going to withhold any judgment and try to remain positive and uh, see what happens. Have a good one. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you know, I, I and again, I know this wasn't your point, but I, I just want to point up a, a possible counter to somebody that might twist what you're saying a little bit. Um, Dobbs did have drop issues throughout this training camp and preseason process. So it's not the case that, well, he had drops and everybody had drops. No, this was this was unique. However, you are right that if he does have a drop in a game, we don't need to overreact. It might be a little bit more cause for concern than some of the other guys because we're worried about it, but we shouldn't hold him to a higher standard. We just want him to be like everybody else, right? Something else to consider is we've been kind of spoiled with guys like Devontae Adams and, um, you know, I know Geronimo was renowned for not dropping passes. Tunyon is an absolute phenom. So we've got basically our number one receiving tight end, our number one receiver. I mean, Devontae considering how many targets, 177 targets, he dropped four. You know who had the least, the lowest drop percentage in all of 2021? It was Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He was the only wide receiver in the entire NFL that had a minimum of however many targets this is, which is a lot, to have zero drops. Devontae ranked, uh, in terms of a percentage, 14th at his 2.9%. So we have been quite spoiled with um with our receivers we have two in the top 15 in the entire nfl and again mvs is known for his drops and he really didn't drop anything but there are there are really good receivers you know one of the things that's funny to me is um the guy in cincinnati uh jamar chase when people talk about jamar chase when they're trying to defend romeo dobbs you know jamar chase had a bunch of drops early too and then look what he turned into he never fixed that problem he, he had drop issues and continues to have drop issues all the way through the postseason. He is one of the highest drop He was the 14th highest drop rate of any wide receiver in football. So granted, you can still have drop issues and be a dominant wide receiver, but he didn't fix it. But the point is, there's a lot of really good wide receivers that, that drop a lot of passes. You know who's one of the worst in football? Debo Samuel. He dropped 12.1% of the passes thrown to him, which is 12 drops on the season. A.J. Brown, another really good wide receiver, 11.7% of his passes were dropped. Jalen Rager, the new Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, good to know, big-time drop guy. Chase Claypool, Jamar Chase, uh, C.D. Lamb, 9% of his passes were dropped. Byron Pringle, the guy that the Bears um, are all excited about, ninth most drops as a percentage of anybody in the NFL. So, you know, drops happen. Jalen Waddell had nine. Keenan Allen had nine. Justin Jefferson had nine drops last year. Tyreek Hill had 10 drops. There's only 6.9% drop rate because he got fed the ball a billion times. But um, <laughs> it's hilariously, 
Tyreek Hill had 10. Alan Lazard had three. They basically tied in terms of their drop rate. Just goes to show how much how much volume Tyreek had. It's insane. But yeah, drops happen. And there's a lot here. The, the fact that the Packers have had some of the least amount of drops is incredible. Um, but beyond that, the fact that MVS was the only wide receiver in the entire league to not drop a pass just also goes to show how ridiculous it is. You know, again, Devontae, one of the best in football, does not drop passes. He dropped four, which isn't much in terms of a percentage, but it's still a thing that happens. It happens to everybody. So, you know, there's a difference between dropping a pass and having problems dropping passes. And I think that the problem with Romeo, and it, it is somewhat fair, if he if week one he drops a pass, you know, it's possible that he doesn't have a drop issue and that's just a fluke and that's not going to happen again. But when you already seem to have an issue, um, don't start off that way. So it's it's kind of both. You know, we, we need to be fair. We need to understand drops happen. But in a 17-game uh, season, if you have a drop week one, you're on pace for 17 drops. So let's just not do that, okay? <laughs> 12 was the most last year by Debo Samuel. So don't do that especially considering he's not going to be a super high-volume guy. You know, if he gets four targets and drops one, we're talking 25%. That's, that's crazy. Highest percentage was 18.8%. So, yeah, drops happen. Don't need to overreact, but at the same time, he should make that a point of emphasis, emphasis <laughs> to not drop anything. Hey, buddy. What's up? Uh, just listened to the Vikings-Bears-Ramp podcast from a couple days ago. All right. Hey, man. I'm sorry, I fell a little bit behind on the daily uh, That's all right. podcast. Uh, it was a great look at why those two teams are going to battle it out for last place in the division. <laughs> so, Vikings, Bears. anywho, my brother-in-law got tickets to the game on Sunday. Okay, I will be in the stands. There you go. I know it's not your thing, but I'm excited to go. Good. Super, super excited. Sunday, I'll be watching the Chiefs beat the snot out of the Cardinals. I live in Phoenix, don't you know? Yep, there you go. So uh, I'll be uh, keeping track of the Packers on my phone. I really don't care who wins between the Chiefs and the Cardinals. I'm going mainly for the pregame tailgate. Makes sense. So far, I know we're having brats and wings, and I don't know what else. I don't really need anything about brats and wings, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I know you do. Yeah. So week one, two questions I've got for you. What's your favorite pregame food, or even during the game food? I know you've talked about that before, but, you know, nice to hear it again. And should I wear any of my Packer stuff to the game? I'll hang up and listen for your uh, response. Go Pack Go. So, um, you know, it's tough because I don't have too much of a ritual now. Like I, I think of like chips and salsa and stuff now, but back in the day, man, I'm telling you, it was nothing better than just getting that grill going. You got burgers. You know, I remember grandma would have the gas grill going and making burgers and there'd be, sometimes there'd be like chicken and you know, you just get the burgers on a, like a paper plate and the, the chicken on a paper plate or on a metal tray or whatever it was. And there's just a spread, you know, you go in the kitchen on the counter you got the bags of chips, you got the plates and the napkins, you got the the buns, you know, you got the burger buns and then the hot dog buns, and then you got brats and hot dogs, you got burgers and you got, it, it was it's like an at-home tailgate. But um yeah, I mean I I just just for the sake of ambiance, especially when you start thinking about the that little bit of chill in the air. 
you get that with the the mix of the grill burgers i think that's the way to go man burgers and brats is just it's such a perfect you know i know it's a tailgating thing but just doing it at your house is is also just amazing definitely makes me want to do that and then during the game i mean obviously i'm i'm eating that during the game as well i'm trying to save space cuz i want to be able to eat during the game but um my favorite chip dip man just go get a block of cream cheese go get some hormel chili you know no beans just meat and whatever that sauce is one can one block of chili throw it on the smoker throw it in the microwave throw it wherever you got to heat it up and just mix it up it's the best chip dip in the history of the world it's unbelievable that's the thing should you wear packers stuff to the game yes um a couple things first of all i doubt you're going to catch a lot of flack for it um because it's not like the packers are opposing anyone it's not like it's cardinals packers or whatever so it's kind of just one of those like what are you doing here things at worst but i think for the most part nobody's really gonna care it'll probably be more or less if i had to guess kind of like oh yeah packers that's cool man but on top of that, it is such a cool thing when I watch football games, and it seems, it, I swear, it doesn't matter what game you're watching, there's always a guy with a Packers jersey on. It could be Bill's Jets, and they show out, show out in the audience as a dude with a Packers jersey on. To me, it's just, it's a show of force. It really is. It's a show of force. And if you had a Packers hat or a cheese hat, I would encourage you to wear that too, because you just stick out in the crowd more. It really is just a constant reminder to everybody that there's nothing like the Green Bay Packers, there's nothing like Packers fans. We are everywhere at all times, and you'll never get rid of us. You don't see Bears jerseys at a Cardinals game. Cardinals, you know, Broncos or whatever. Chiefs in this case. I'm sure it's happened at one point in time, but it's just not a thing. But I'm, I'm serious. Every single thing, and it doesn't even have to be football. You know, especially if it's Wisconsin. Obviously, Brewers games, there's a ton of Packers jerseys. But it'll be the most random stuff. You know, you'd be watching like a horse race. Although people wear suits to those, but uh, uh, NASCAR race. There's Packers jerseys. There's cheese heads. So yeah, I would encourage you to to represent the brand out there. Especially, I mean, it's just it, you're just an, also for yourself announcing yourself as the party guy when you come walking up, right? People are there with like burgers and brats and wings and beers and stuff. And they see a guy in a Packer jersey and they're like that guy, that guy right there likes to party. That's all that means. Yeah, I think you need to do it, man. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. We got two other callers I did not get to, but as per my rule, I like to leave a little bit of leftover just to help the odds of making sure we got another one for tomorrow. Um, so please make sure you, you call in. All right. I really do appreciate the call. 608-501-0718. Anything. It doesn't have to be a question. It could be a comment, what you're thinking, what you're hoping, what you're feeling. Uh, Thursday's game, which we got for tomorrow. Some of the other games coming up. Packer game, what you think is going to happen. Whatever, man. It doesn't matter. But let's keep it going. Thank you guys for calling in. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Bye-bye.